Joshua 3, verse 1, which is entitled in my Bible, Crossing the Jordan. Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan, where they camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp, giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priests who are Levites carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go, since you have never been this way before. But keep a distance of about a thousand yards between you and the ark. Do not go near it. Joshua told the people, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Father, we just thank you for this passage. And pray now as we come to listen to Chris's words that you'll just bless those to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. So nice to be with you this morning. And let me say right from the outset, I really am missing you all and I can't wait till we're back together again. But here we are again, me on the screen and you in your living room or wherever it might be, um, waiting to hear what God's got to say to you this morning. And I really want to talk to you this morning in some depth about a small number of verses. Paul has already read to us this morning from Joshua chapter 3 verses 1 to 5. So there's not many verses to focus on, but there's a lot going on in there. And I hope you're going to enjoy exploring these verses. And in particular, I pray that God will challenge you in a meaningful way, in a way that will help you to take a step forward in your faith and in your walk with him. But you know, as I was preparing this particular talk, I, my mind drifted and it sometimes does that. And I started to think about the fact that I'm getting older. I'm getting slower in movement. I'm getting a little bit more forgetful. Age is a wonderful thing. Yet despite the toll that the world may be taking on me, through my health and just through the ageing process, I actually find I'm hungrier for God than I've ever been before. And I thank God for that. I thank God that he's led me to that point. And I find myself at a place in my Christian life where I actually ache for more of God. I want to see more of his supernatural power at work. I want to experience the gift of the spirits in a way which I've not experienced them before. And I want to actually engage in worship and prayer, which is vibrant and will take me into the very presence of God. I hope and I pray that's what you want as well, because I think that's what God wants for us. And it may be that right now at this time of change, You've been thinking a little bit differently about your faith. Maybe you've been wondering, like I have, where's God going to take me next? What's going to be like within our church in the days ahead? Well, I've spent considerable time over the last 18 months to two years, and I've been praying and studying, and I've been trying so hard to hear what God has got to say to me and where he wants to take me next. But this morning, at this time, I know very well where he wants me to be. And it's here with you and it's looking at Joshua chapter 3 verses 1 to 5. I have no doubt about it. This is where he's led me. But you know, as I was preparing, uh, my mind again went off and drifted. And uh, it was when I was thinking about Joshua and, and this big step that he and the Israelites which were taking at this moment in the book. And I suddenly thought about Star Trek. Of all things, Star Trek. 
I don't know whether any of you are, are, were fans or are fans. I used to watch it when I was younger, and I have to say, as the newer versions have come along, I haven't really kept up with it, probably because I haven't had time and probably because I've not really had any desire to do so. I'm afraid to say I'm not really a Trekkie. But what I was caught up in in those days uh, a while back was the adventures of Captain Kirk and Spock. But the bit I always remember, which sticks out in my mind, is that bit at the beginning of each episode with a flight of the Starship Enterprise, and it would be travelling through space at warp speed. And there was a famous line which came over the credits, to boldly go where no man has gone before. To boldly go. And this was what I think was happening with Joshua and the Israelites at this moment in history. They were being asked to boldly go. But it's not just as simple as that as we're going to see shortly. And as I was thinking about Joshua, I really felt that God was speaking to me in a wider context as well. But one thing I'm sure of, he wants me to share his word from the book of Joshua with you this morning. I believe it may resonate with you and may actually be just what you wanted to hear or need to hear at this moment in time. I hope so. Let's move on. Do you know, I believe that God wants to take me and you on a new journey, to have a new Christian life experience and a new supernatural experience in him, which even though our experiences up to now may have been absolutely fabulous, he wants us to have an experience which takes us even further in our relationship with him. But let's be clear right from the start. I'm not talking about taking us to a place where we lose sight of the path that all Christian men and women are on, which is about taking and fulfilling the prophetic word of God, following the Great Commission. Those things remain intact. God's word marches on relentlessly towards its fulfillment. I never have any doubts of that. Not one word from God will fail to come to pass. And nothing can stop that from happening. However, as I start to think about the journey ahead and have been thinking about it, one thing has become clear to me, which in a sense bothers me and is sad, but has challenged me. And that's this, that as things become more clearly into focus every day through my study of not just the scriptures, but the church, I'm beginning to see that there's a distinct separation emerging between the ways of the world and the churches that are compromising with the world. Not a nice thing to have to say, compromising with the world, but it's happening. But this separation is between those churches, those people in the world, and the churches and the people that are remaining true to the path of righteousness, holiness and obedience, and God's word that Jesus has asked us and indeed commanded us to follow. We're seeing a separation. And we come to that point where we have to ask ourselves the question, which way are we going to go? Which way are we going to go? You see, the world and those who compromise on God's word and direction to please the standards that the world expects are headed down a dark path. Much of the world is travelling headlong into the time of tribulation, which Jesus speaks of in Matthew's Gospel. And they're blinded by sin and being led by Satan's deception. And with each passing day, we witness our nation and so many of its people going deeper into sin and many forms of depravity. But on the other hand, the church that follows and obeys God must take and is taking a path that leads into a deeper relationship with Jesus. 
into a closer walk in his presence, into a brighter light of revelation, and into a heightened sense of discernment concerning the will of God and where he wants to lead us. The path of righteousness as opposed to the path of darkness. I believe that's where God wants me to go and for you to go and to follow him on a path of righteousness into a new experience. In the coming days, the church that follows Christ ever closer must go and will go into a depth of supernatural realm of God that they've never gone into before. And those who don't go there will find themselves left behind to wonder what's happening and why am I not a part of it. It took me back to John 14, 12, where Jesus says very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing and they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. He wants us to be on a path where we do greater things than he did, greater things than the disciples did. He's got work for us and a new experience. But let's get back to the context of the message. By way of introduction, I want to ask you three questions. Do you want to be part of what God will do in these coming days? Yes or no? Do you want to be used in a greater supernatural way and allow the manifestations of the Holy Spirit in your life to become a greater reality? Yes or no? And finally, do you want to be in the forefront of the battle against the forces of darkness? And do you want to take down strongholds of the enemy? Yes or no? And if the answer is yes, then this message, I believe, is for you as well as for me. So let's have a look at Joshua chapter 3, verses 1 to 5. Let's begin. It's a wonderful part of the story of the Israelites. Why is it so wonderful? Because they're nearly there. They're almost in the holy land, the promised land that God has set out before them for so many years. And this morning we're going to look at one of the last stops on the Israelites' journey out of Egypt, into the wilderness, and onto the Promised Land. And we find them encamped at Shechem, near the Jordan River. And this was on the border of the Promised Land, so they're very close. Let's look at verse 1 of chapter 3. Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shechem and went to the Jordan, where they camped before crossing over. Now, what's going on there, really? It's pretty straightforward, isn't it? But actually, there's something very deep in this passage and deep in relation to the place where they've set out from Shechem. They were camped at Shechem but now they've moved on. But let me start really by telling you a little bit about Shechem, the word Shechem, because it has multiple meanings in the Hebrew language. The feminine noun of Shechem is Sheeta, S-H-I-T-T-A, and it refers to the acacia tree, a thorny tree and it grows in the Middle East and people avoid it pretty much. But the verb form of Shechem is Sata, S-A-T-A, and it means to turn away from a righteous life towards an unrighteous one. Think in the, throughout the wilderness journey, how many times did Israel run into trouble and come under God's judgment over its history because they were unfaithful to God. They turned away from the righteous path to an unrighteous one. And this final encampment at Shechem, on the very border of the Promised Land, I believe that God has given his people a warning, a warning that he requires faithfulness. When they think about that word and think about the verb form 
to turn away from a righteous life towards an unrighteous one. This is their last chance to make that choice before they move on to the promised land. You know, the faithfulness that he requires is very simple. He requires that the Israelites are first in their, in their hearts. He's first in their hearts. He's first in their worship. He's first in their love. And he's first in their obedience to his word. And first in every step of service that they take. And he's asking us the same question. As we start to boldly go into the future, thinking about where the church will be after lockdown, thinking what it might be like when we have a new minister, Maybe he's brought you and me and the church to a place where we have to ask ourselves, before we move forward, is he the first in our hearts? Is he the first in our worship? Is he the first in our love? Is he the first in our obedience to his word? And is he first in our service every step of the journey? Every day of our lives and every step we take in serving the Lord, we must never be mindful of Shechem. That choice is whether we will be faithful to our Lord and his word, or instead we turn aside to serve self and to chase after other things the world has to offer that will become our self-made gods. Today I believe God is speaking to each of us saying, beware of Shechem. Draw closer to God's heart. Don't stop. Follow only after the leading of the Holy Spirit. Obey only the word of God and go where God leads. And you won't be found in a place where you should not be, but will be where he wants you to be. And that's so vitally important. We move on now to verse 2, and it says, After three days the officers went through the camp. Pretty straightforward passage again. The officers went through the camp during the three days that they were there. Here they were on the banks of the river, only a few steps away from going into the promised land. And they stopped one last time. They'd already left behind Shechem. And this was their show of commitment to follow Joshua all the way. So that the promises of God to Abraham would be fulfilled. And three days they were there. Interestingly, the same amount of time that Jesus would spend in the grave before setting the captives free. And taking the keys of death and hell from the devil. It took three days to contemplate, to prepare themselves for the entrance into the promised land that they counted on, prayed for and worked for for generations. It was right there before them and all they had to do was to walk in obedience and take it. Finally the moment of truth had arrived, all the promises they'd made to Moses and now to Joshua and all the promises they made to God and all of their times of praise, worship and wandering through the wilderness would now be proven in their greatest step of faith by stepping into the water of the Jordan and crossing over to take the land before them, to boldly go. You know, you can talk about it being wilderness, but they had some times there when they did were close to God. They had some great times of fellowship and praise and worship. We can read about it in the, in the first five books of the Bible. Just like our lives before today, having great times of, uh, of worship and praise and fellowship and great things happening in our lives that we can thank God for. So we've not been in the wilderness, though some people may feel they are there or have been. But I believe as God is calling us to take the next step and to boldly go into a new place, a new adventure, a new spiritual experience of him. 
I believe that we're waiting for the end of lockdown, for being able to meet together, waiting for God as he brings us a new leader and waiting to see exactly what is it that God has in store for us as individuals and as a church. Now is the time to stop and grow close to God. Listen to him before we take the next steps. In verses 3 and 4 we hear these words, giving orders to the people, when you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priest carrying it, you're to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go, since you have never been this way before. But keep a distance of about 2,000 cubits between you and the Ark. Do not go near it. A new place, a place they've never been before. And God was giving them specific instructions about how they had to go about taking the next steps. And he mentions about seeing the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord and seeing the Levitical priest carrying it and moving out and following them. There is a difference between us and them. Unlike the Israelites who couldn't get near the Ark in the presence of God, we can, through the blood of Jesus Christ and our faith in him, enter into the holy place through that relationship and we can get close at this time of need. But also where we are like him is we're not alone. We have leaders, our elders and deacons, who are there for us to support us at this time. And I tell you, my friends, we need to remember something that I actually forgot for a little while. They are God's men and women charged with caring for us as they seek to discern God's word so they may guide and instruct us as we wait to move forward in this new direction God has planned for us. When I go back to the last couple of church meetings, maybe even before that, one thing I'm sure of and I know is we were charged with electing them to their positions, to listening to what God had to say to us and following his instructions to put a tick or not in the box. I know the leaders who we have, I ticked a box for all of them. And in doing that, I said to God, I am prepared to listen to them and allow them to minister to me at this time. We must not forget, they are the anointed leaders of God for us at this time. And remember this, when God moves, we need to move. When he doesn't, we stand still. At the moment, we're standing still a little bit. The leaders are contemplating. They're listening to God. They're seeking to follow his will and his guidance on who comes next to be the leader of our church. And in the meantime, they're trying to manage the whole process. But there'll be a time when we're going to be asked to move and follow them as he speaks to them. My friends, I pray that you will pray for our leaders that you'll care for them, that you will minister to them, that you'll support them in the days ahead. They need it. They're going through a tough time. They're strong. They're strong in God. I know that. They're strong in their faith. But they need us to be there behind them. Do you know, every time somebody comes up and says, what do you think's going to happen? I go, well, I don't really know what's going to happen. What do you think's going to happen? Well, I don't know, but somebody told me this. Oh, really, did they? Oh, well, actually, somebody told me this. Do you know, before we know where we are, we stopped listening to God and we got ahead of him. And that's a dangerous place to be. Going into a greater depth through a supernatural move of our own 
rather than God. Because actually, we can't do that. We need to wait for God. In his time, he will reveal all to us. But make sure that you've left cheating behind. Make sure that you're where you should be in the Lord, lest you're led by the wrong spirit. I actually believe that people are going to be used in a greater fashion than ever before to bring forth words of knowledge, words of wisdom, prophetic utterances, even having dreams and visions as promised in the book of the prophet Joel. There'll be gifts of healing and in the working of miracles and the gifts of tongues and interpretations, we're going to see some powerful anointing of people to preach the gospel. And all of us will be used as witnesses for Jesus in ways and means and under circumstances that perhaps we'd never dreamed possible. That's what the future has to offer us. It's not always going to feel comfortable. At times you might even feel as though you're stepping out too far. But that's normal because we're going into a strange and unfamiliar territory where we've never been before. God is ready to move. The time is now to let go of the past and step into the future that God has prepared. God's ready to use his church and help his church become the supernatural spiritual powerhouse that can make a difference in the world. The Holy Spirit is moving. The ark is moving. Jesus is leading the way. Get behind him and stay with him. Don't get left in his wilderness. Watch where God moves and go with him. I'm reminded very quickly of a wonderful Bethel song, Deep Cries Out. And right at the end of it, after a sort of a pause at the end of all the chorus and then the verses, um, there's a little bit where the, the worship leader goes, if he moves to the left, then we're going to the left. If he moves to the right, then we're going to the right. And that's so true. Whichever way he goes, even if we don't understand why, we need to go to the left or go to the right or go straight ahead or take a step back sometimes as God leads. Don't get ahead. And finally, I want to look at 3, 5, where Joshua tells the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. The Lord will do amazing things among you. With the word consecrate, Joshua was saying to the people that before you enter God's promised land, you need to make yourself holy. Dedicate yourself to a higher purpose. They were entering a holy ground, promised by God. It was going to be amazing. A new life in him with unseen works of wonder performed by him and those he chose to do his bidding. It's just like us today. But if we go and listen to what Jesus has to say in a similar way, in John chapter 17, verse 17, we find him in the upper room praying for his disciples and for his followers. And he says this, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. And I believe the Lord is saying to the church this morning, sanctify yourselves. Seek forgiveness if you've not already done so. Be washed clean by the blood of Jesus. And if you don't know Jesus, talk to somebody. Talk to one of our elders or someone from the church and let them help you take this step forward. A step forward into a wonderful life with our Lord. Where you will be sanctified by the blood of Jesus and washed clean by his blood. And the power of the word, his holy word from the Bible, and the word that the Holy Spirit will deliver to us, will enable us to do great things. Me, you, and all of us together. We need to make ourselves ready for the next step. In Ephesians chapter 5, verses 25 and 26, Paul reminds us, Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing of water through the word. 
You know, if we've ever needed the word, now is that time. The time to really ground ourselves, saturate ourselves with God's word through the scriptures. We should have it with us all the time, looking at it whenever we get a chance. Now is the time to sanctify ourselves, to actually throw out the trash in our lives, getting rid of everything and anything that burdens us with it and, and, and doesn't allow us to grow closer to God, that drags us down or weighs us down, takes up time that we could spend with him. You know, I know you're busy. God knows your life better than I do. He knows the things that you have to do. He knows your schedule and the demands that are placed upon you. And understand this, that God will help you work all things out to grow closer and be closer to him. The way of escape is not always getting you out of your schedule and demands, but sometimes finding a way through it all, in spite of the schedules and demands. God will make a way for you if you seek for it and desire to be near him with all your heart. It's true. Sanctifying ourselves means that each of us must make that choice. My friends, this isn't a corporate body choice that we can say as a church. There are those moments in church where we all stand together and maybe somebody from the front speaks some lines and we repeat them and we make commitments and promises together. And uh, it's a great occasion. But sanctification is about you and about me. It's something we have to do. It's that personal relationship with Jesus. And we're asking him to sanctify us, asking God to sanctify us, make us pure, make us ready to follow him into this new path, into this new place to boldly go. And if we all do it, wow, what a force we'll be for him. In closing, I want to leave you with some other words from Joshua, from chapter 1, verses 7 to 9. And it says this, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Be strong and courageous, that you may be successful wherever you go. But I want to tell you this, I'm not talking about success in monetary terms or career terms or the ways of the world. I'm talking about us being successful as people in our walk with God and serving him. It goes on to say, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it, that you'll be prosperous and successful. Not prosperous and successful in the way of the world, but prosperous and successful in serving Jesus Christ, in bringing people to the Lord and seeing souls saved, people healed and people cared for. And he finally he says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Can't ask for more than that, can we? Wherever we go, wherever we boldly go, he's going to be with us. He's going to be with us. This is God's call to go where you've never gone before. Into a move of God that will take you into uncharted places in your walk with the Lord. But don't fear it. For remember, God's already in your presence. And if he's not, now's the time, now's the day to make that commitment to him so that he is in your present. And with that, he will be in your future. He knows where he wants to take you. He knows where he wants to take me. And he knows where he wants to take the church. He is the power that drives us forward. And he's already established our direction 
and our destiny and your direction and your destiny. The key is to follow him and allow the Holy Spirit to be your guide as you draw ever closer to God's heart and know his will. To boldly go. Where are we going? John 14, 12. Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing and they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. We're boldly going into a new experience of God, a new experience of Jesus. He's calling us to do greater things than we've seen up till now than that's ever happened before. Let's not miss the chance. Let's not miss the opportunity. Let's not settle back and think, well, what we got is good enough. It's good, but we can have so much better if we're prepared to give everything to Jesus. I pray that God will bless you in the week ahead. I pray that his words will speak to you. And as we go ahead as a church together, that we will be together and we will be the powerful force that he wants us to be. Well, thank you for listening to me this morning. I hope you haven't drifted off or I hope you haven't gone off and made a cup of tea halfway through. As I said, I do miss you all and I look forward to seeing you again. Enjoy the rest of your day. But for now, take care and bless you big time. Bye.